All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you all this morning. Amen. This is Pastor Lester Hayes and Sharon Hayes here this morning. Amen. 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 From New Freedom Christian Ministry on this morning with several of our early risers this morning, prayer warriors, intercessors, brothers and sisters in Christ, ladies and gentlemen, amen, pastors and fellow servants, amen, and we welcome our very own pastors, Eric and Phoebe Dave from More Than Conquerors Warriors Christ Ministry and all of their parishioners that are with them this morning. Anyone else out there in the broader audience this morning, Sister Ann this morning on this morning, and don't know who else is out there, but just feel welcome this morning, amen, to the creating of prayer culture for God, and it is the creative prayer culture that's given and mandated by God that we do exactly what we're doing, amen, believe me, you, it's helpful, amen, because somebody's got to stand on that wall, somebody's got to stand in that gap, somebody got to engage these troubled times, these evil spirits, these things that are going on, amen, right now. Somebody's got to be able to take these things and lift them up to God and pray and believe that he hears our prayers and answers him and show us great and mighty things. The Bible said in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3, the King James Bible, that thou knowest not. We don't know how God's going to do it, but we do know that he hears and answers prayer. <laughs> and the way he do things is based on the fact of the truth and the reality that God knows what's best for us. He knows how much we can take. And with that, Amen. He never tempts us to doubt him, but he tests us to be faithful to him, even in the midst of a storm, even in chaos, natural disaster, tornado, whirlwind, you know, storms and mudslides and tsunamis and all that. And God is right there, man. He never forsakes us, leaves or abandons us. He's right there, man. And sometimes people say, well, it could have been worse than what it was. I believe that wholeheartedly. Amen. We could not even be here today. Amen. But because of God being a God who moves in certain ways and that, that they've been unbeknownst to us until it happened. Amen. You know, he's a, he's a, he's an amazing God. And we always know that the Lord is always working things out together for our good. And sometimes people say, yeah, he's just punishing us. He, he might be, amen. We probably need it. If God is doing it, we need it or we need it. And so we leave that up to God, amen. But we just trust the wisdom of God. We trust his knowledge. We trust his prophetic word that he's already given us. That we're going to see these things in the last days. It's not a new new phenomenon. We've had to deal with these types of storms and things. I remember Peter and them, when they was out there on the water fishermen, man, they should have been used to it. But they had this certain type of storm that came up and the boat began to shake. And they thought they were going to dry. They won't know why Jesus ran back to sleep while they about to die, man. And Jesus woke up and said, yield little faith and began to pray. And next thing you know, Jesus was out on the water telling Peter to get out the boat and come on over here to me. And Peter made two steps and fear took over and he went down. But he cried out just before he went down. And he cried out this morning, Lord, help me. And the Lord stuck his hand down and Peter didn't drown. He went on to become a phenomenal servant of God. Amen. A trusted man of God, baptized in the Holy Ghost, even after he had experienced all types of setbacks and, and, and moments of doubt and denying Jesus. Jesus still rescued the brother and still used him mightily. Prayed for him because Satan was at the door trying to sift him like wheat, man. And Jesus told him ahead of time what he was going to do, but Jesus also told him what he was going to do. Peter, I prayed for you. I'm going to change your name, Peter. I'm going to use you to go feed my sheep, Peter. Which, you know, and so God, you never know all, uh, you know, all until all is made known to us what God is doing. Amen. And we know that the enemy is busy going to and forth, seeking whom he may divide, people that are full of doubt, people who are full of fear, 
because we see these naturally adapted, we see these things that are sometimes unexplainable, catch us suddenly by surprise, and sometimes we are warned ahead of time. We still don't act in, in a, you know, in a, in a safe and secure manner. We just try to ride it out. These iPhones are going to get a lot of folks killed. These jacked up trucks with all this high stuff are going to get a lot of folks killed because people think that they can drive through this stuff. They think they can get out there and take pictures to put on Facebook. The next thing you know, they're on the piles of rubble, man. And I'm not saying everybody that's their fate, but there are some people, man, who, who just try to do superhuman stuff. And God is trying to teach us to avoid such ignorance, amen, and, and take shelter when you're given one and you spend the 24, 48 hours ahead of time, man, do the right thing. And I'm praying, I, I'm praying to God that we'll go back to a five day, even a four day work week, man. And so people can be at home at night. People can be, you know, all this here working seven days a week, night shift, day shift, four or five shift, man. You know, we don't need all of that to run this country. We don't need all of that to be to have dominion over what God gave us dominion over. I came up, man, it was a five-day sometime. Friday was, you know, eagle fly on Friday. You got paid on Friday. You got off around noon. You go to the bank, do your business transaction, pay your bills, get your clothes out to clean up the church on Sunday. We've gotten so far away from those things that used to keep people alive. Amen, because God favored us and honored us. And so now, man, it's everything is like work, 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 work. No time for God, no worship, no praise, just work, 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 work. And then in a crisis, that's the first time you hear something about God. People, people prayed in. And so we don't want to become a crisis nation. That's the only time we pray. But God said, if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then we, he would hear from heaven and heal our land and forgive our sins. And so, God, we need you to forgive our sins so that this land can be healed right now. We are so grossly negligent when it comes down to you. We have just stuffed so much in a 40-hour week, Lord God. We're trying to milk, train, get everything we can because, Lord God, it's like we don't want people to build a relationship with you, God. But you said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Whatever that day is, Lord God, there has to be some time. There has to be, Lord God, hallelujah, Lord God, some coming together that we can learn about you, God, because we need you, God. We need your help, your intervention. So this is our prayer this morning, Father, that you would hear us, help us, Lord God, save us, Lord God, heal us, and forgive us most of all, Lord God, for these gross, Lord God, failures that we have made and just put so much, Lord God. We, we're idolizing work, Lord God, because everybody want to make that money. Everybody wants that eager. Everybody, Lord God, is chasing after material things, Lord God. And so, Father, it's just the way of the world right now. Told us to be in this world, but be not of this world, Lord God. Don't, don't let these five dynasties control us, oh God. Let God be the one in, in charge and control us, oh God. We depend so much on these systems that are failing us. But Father, in the name of Jesus, you have a plan of salvation that will never fail us, oh God. So this morning, Father, we open up the perfect law of liberty and look therein and continue therein, learning these things that were written, these revelations of Jesus Christ that have been given to us, written to us for our learning that we'll know what to do ahead of time when it's time to do we'll know how to act because we've been taught Lord God we've been corrected we've been schooled oh God so that we can be thoroughly furnished and prepared under every good word Lord so this is our prayer this morning as we open up your word this morning praise the Lord all right then well amen amen again this is Pastor Lesson and Sharon Hayes here this morning we'll be your host this morning amen and so we want again to morning take that take a look at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know those misconceptions out there. I heard a lot of misconceptions. You know here in the last twenty four hours. As far as I'm telling you, sometimes natural disasters, sometimes phenomenal events happen, man. Sometimes and you you hear a lot of these misconceptions. You know start to pop up and all over the place. You know and 
people just have a tendency when things go wrong, they want to question God. Amen. They don't want to question their own motives. They want to question God. Amen. You know, and blame him and others. Amen. It's not a time to point fingers and blame others because we all can share in the blame. Amen. Because we've all come short of the glory of God. You know, sin and fallen short. So we all accept some responsibility because there are things that we could have did better. You know, there are things that you know, could have been done differently, amen. But God is teaching us, amen, through these crises, through these, that he can be trustworthy, he can be trusted, he can be counted on, he can be dependent on, he can be relied on, if we just turn to him and put our hope and trust and confidence in him. That's faith, see, and we're not living by faith as a whole human race, but God is teaching us, man, that we're going to have to learn to live by faith because faith pleases God. Look at the things that were done in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter by those who had faith. They didn't have the promise, they had faith before the promise came but thank god the promise came to us and so we got <clears throat> the promises the benefits are not going to do us ounce of good without faith see they had faith and please god we got the promise and we supposed to have faith because the promise that we hear it is supposed to give us faith so we can please god so we got the better you know of of, 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 of we got both we got faith and the promises they only had faith in the promise Okay, and so we we have the promise, Amen. And so let's just you know look this morning, Amen, to prove that we really do know God this morning, and that we're 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 prepared to take these tests and pass them, Amen. That are before us, Amen. And so we thank God this morning for that. And so what can we expect, Amen, to see in these last days? We're seeing it because the scriptures in Revelation and some of the other prophetic uh, warning scriptures lets us know, man, advises us what we can expect, so we shouldn't be caught by surprise, amen, but that's okay, because see, when Jesus was glorified, he gave us help right there, because he prayed to the Father, send your your, your, your spirit of truth, send the parables, send them some help, so that they can be reminded of these things, amen, and not be running around out there with a camera and a jack the truck trying to take pictures of the eye of the tornado and find yourself, man, somewhere, man, fighting for your life under some rubble. It's just crazy stuff, risky stuff. But, you know, when he was glorified, you know, right away, man, he sent us some help, amen, to help us, which is the Holy Ghost. And so we still have the Holy Ghost, amen, with us to help us, amen. These are revelations of Jesus Christ, things that are being revealed to us even now. And so what are, what are these things that are being unveiled? If a prophetic word is being fulfilled, amen. We're learning the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ before it's too late because we could easily lose our life. We're not above it. You know, but we try to be prepared that if it happens, we're ready. You know, we're prepared because life don't end there. It just begins in another dimension. And so we're thankful to God for knowing this wisdom. So what are these warning signs? It's, it's to just do the well-informed thing. Do the right thing in the eyes of God. Do those things that please God. And God will protect his own. He'll put a hedge around it. Just like he told Moses, tell the people to go in. Lock it up, put blood on the snaffle, the side post, the dough post, Moses, and cook and roast that lamb and eat the whole thing. I'm going to cause the death angel to pass over when I see the blood. And so we, we want to be people, man, that understand, appreciate, thank God for the blood of Jesus that's already going to shed. That blood is yet making an atonement for us, covering us. That blood, I believe, is applied right now to us spiritually, to the mantle, the side post, the dough post of every life, every home of a believer out there. And you got to know that going in. That, that death angel will pass over just like he did then. Amen. But but we got to have an exodus. That exodus, man, is to exit out of doubt and unbelief and begin to trust God, enter into a place of trusting God. 
The name of the Lord is our strong tower. The righteous run into and they are safe. We still got to turn to Jesus. We still got to go into him. We got to let him hide us in the cleft of the rock. We got to let him edge us in and protect us. He is our refuge and our fortress. In him do we put our trust. They who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And we would say of the Lord, he's our refuge and our fortress. In him do we put our trust, our confidence, our hope. Amen. And don't take it out. Stay with God. You know, you cannot go wrong. Amen. Whether you live or whether you die, if you stay with Christ, if you suffer, then you're going to reign with him. If you die with him, you're going to live with him. So it just only gets better. Amen. And so praise the Lord. These are the things that are being revealed to us in these writings, these teachings, these sacred writings. Amen. You know, we have what the prophecies are told, you know, it's already been told. We have all of that. It's being fulfilled, y'all. You know, we, it's being fulfilled. Amen. It's being fulfilled. What the scripture teaches us is what's being fulfilled. So do not be alarmed. Just continue to pray that God will be done. We've had warnings. Amen. Amen. The spirit of God has been with us to teach us. He's in us. Amen. The Holy Spirit, man, he, you know, he is called the spirit of truth or whatever he tells us. He ain't telling no lie. That's for sure. It's the truth and it's going to do us some good. Our instructions from God is very divine. And this is what we're going to pick up our study this morning. The instruction that we're receiving is coming directly from God. We're just vessels and instruments that we publish it on his behalf for his namesake and for our good and our benefit. These are revelations, these are revealing, these are warnings, this is the fight, this is instruction and writing that God has given us to reprove us, correct us. It's good for doctrine that the men and women of God may be thoroughly friends prepared to every good work. These are instructions and righteousness, you know, and so amen. So let's jump in here now and see. We're going to talk this morning. We're still under the Holy Spirit. He is called the Spirit of Truth. And the topic, subtopic we want to deal with this morning is our instructions, the ones that come to us as believers, spirit filled sealed, healed, walking in the victory, got the word of God, the counsel of his word of the light to us. Amen. He says at the entrance of that word, it gives light this morning. Amen. So our instructions are straight from God. Amen. Who's the light of the world? How would someone that's the light of the world give you darkness in the world? Not God. Okay. So his instruction is the source of light. Why? It's divine. Anything divine is not man-made comes from another source out of this world above this world it comes down from heaven amen it's just like that light that came and shine near them and they saw it coming from the east and they they were led by it and they ended up in bethlehem right there where jesus christ was in that manger well guess what that same light can shine on situations right now why because we got a high priest and a system when there's darkness he sends his word to do what bring forth light and at the end of his word david figured that out they said give light you know, it's something happened to our feet and light into our path. You know, it revives us and gives us light. That's what God's word does. It heals us, rescues us from destruction. So we can see our way through. And so let's see right now about these instructions from God that is so divine. Let's see what the scripture has to say about it. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, we, we're we wrapping up here with the first chapter of John, the first book of John, chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. We got two more verses in this chapter, verse 28 and 29. And hopefully we'll get down to uh, verse 28 and 9 to uh, this week, amen, as we move on, uh, amen, with these teachings. But we want to deal with this right now. Our instructions from God are always divine. And it has nothing to do with what with, with man say, but everything to do with what the prophets and the, and the apostles of God said as God inspired them. So in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 45, the King James Bible, so let's see what 
these instructions are. It says it is written in the prophets, okay, in the prophets, okay, what they what they foretold is written in their major prophets, minor prophets. Let's see what they what they told, and they shall be all taught of God in these crisis situations, in these natural disasters. You know, just like Peter them out on the boat. You know, Lord taught them how to trust Him. You know, how to believe that He can speak peace and He'll have calm. You know, how to wake Him up and get Him busy in the situation. You know, and so He He telling them right there, man. You know that He shall we shall be taught of God how to do things God's way. Every man, I love this. Every man, therefore, that has heard, and these are particular group of people here. Those that have heard have no excuse. Now, for those who have not heard, they can't receive faith unless they hear the word. We have heard the word, so we receive faith, whether we walk in it, live by it, and know it or not, or be confident in it or not. But it's still there because we heard it. You know, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the King James Bible. But look at what he says to those who have heard and have learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Have learned of the Father. So it's not just hearing. Sometimes people hear and they start repeating what they heard. But they don't learn what they heard. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what to do. That's why he said faith without works is dead. But if I heard what I can do by faith, then it's up to me not to be a forget for here, but a doer of what I heard. That's what I learned. That's why it's good for doctrine. Be a reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, so that the men and women of God can be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. So where's the good work? Where's the truth? From what I heard and what I learned. That's why he told Paul now to let the work of taking care of the, the, the widows and the, and the poor people in the church and all that in the building. He said, you, you pick out somebody else to do that. I want y'all to go study the word so you can learn and come back, you know, and do what it is that I've called you apostles to do, you prophets to do. Go spread the good news of the gospel. Go teach the people. Go live like you've been with the Lord. And when they come back, what do the people recognize? These are the same people, but they sound different. They speaking not with a tongue of fear, not about pick that up over there, wipe that down. They're coming back, man, talking about the Lord. So obviously they've been with the Lord. That's what they're talking about. They're not preaching and teaching the sound doctrine. They're not empowering the people with the knowledge that God had given them because they searched the scriptures. Now they're walking in their calling. They're walking in their calling. They're not just talking about what they've been called to do. They're not actually walking in it. They're living it now. So many people, man, tell you they're this and they're that. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher. I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. I'm all this. I'm that. You know, I'm anointed and all that. But they never do anything. There's never no fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't be the one to talk about your fruit. The people that benefit from your fruit have to be the one to verify and confirm. And that's what they're doing. They heard them. They said, man, they talk like they've been with Jesus. They're speaking not with the tongue of ignorance, but with the tongue of the learned. And they began to watch what they did. They did things differently. They said things and they did things differently. So, you know, new talk, new walk, right? Right? No new talk, old walk. You know, it's just that simple. And so it goes on in the book of First Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 12, the King James Bible. It said, now, Paul is writing this to the Corinthian church, okay, talking about the instructions that we received from God. Paul had received some, as we learned yesterday in the church service. Amen. Good stewards, man. Hallelujah. They, they, they leave by being stewards to God first. Amen. And then out, they go out from there. Why after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. Jesus first, then the rest of the world. You know. And then he goes on to say here to the Corinthian church in the book of First Corinthians chapter two, verse where the King James Bible. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are 
freely given to us of God that we might know. Now, God ain't charging us. He ain't saying throw no thousand dollars down at my feet. You didn't see Jesus do none of the answers. You didn't see Jesus aggressively begging for anything. He came and gave freely because he was he was he was a gift to them from the Father. He's a gift to us as we beginning to celebrate right now the birth of our Savior. And I caught all up in the day and all of the you know, the pagan stuff around Christmas and all that. I'll let the debaters out to take care of that. I'm not, I'm not going to be consumed with that. What I'm consumed with is there was a child that was born, a savior came, mm-hmm. you know, and he's the one who saved me, saved you, saved anybody that said they saved. If he saved you, saved. If he heal you, heal. That's why he's my praise. That's why it got to be our praise, you know. And Paul is letting them know right here about what we have received freely given to us by God. And we like to say what the scriptures say that if it's been freely given, then much is required of you to give. If you've been blessed, it's because God wants you to be a blessing. You know, and so Paul is letting this church know we got the work to do up in here. You know, they had the gifts, they had great speakers and orders and all that. But, you know, Paul was letting them know it's not to bring division, but it's to bring you together. Because God sees unity is right there where he commanded the blessing even life forevermore. That's what David wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter 133, verses 1-3, through in the King James Bible. You know, except the Lord build the house. They that labor in vain to build it. You know, they labor in vain. Book of Psalms, chapter 127, verses 1-3. It's all right there in the Word, you know, how God wanted to do it. And so over in the book of First Thessalonians, another one of the churches that Paul wrote Christmas to, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 of the King James Bible. Again, that's the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 9 of the King James Bible. He says, but as touching brotherly love... Ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Man, mm-hmm. God's nature is love. Everything God does is from a position of love. He is love. You know, and he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he's telling us, I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. I never told you to love the world, but I told you to love God. And if you love God, you'll love people. You know, you can't say you love God you've never seen. Hate your brother and sister you see every day. Let God love the world and let us love what God told us to love and who he told us to love. You know, he's given us the love. He put it in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, according to the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 5. So we have that ability God has given us to love. And we have the Holy Ghost, who is the agent of the fruit of the Spirit. He's the one that, that, that brings them to function in us. You know, love is, the, is, is, is one. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Every other commandment hinges on love. There's no commandment greater than love. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, body, and your strength. Everything in you engage God in love because he loved us first. And he told us to love others as Christ has loved us. We should be fine to give others the way Christ gave us. You know? And so he's telling us right there, man, God, to love one another. That's what he's saying. You know, touch us with brotherly love so that we can love one another. And Paul, obviously they had some problems in the Thessalonian church, man, in Thessalonica. So Paul is directing these things. They were having church, but without love. Hmm. Sounds familiar. And uh, so this takes us back to the first book of John, chapter 2, verse 27, King James Bible. Again, as a reminder, as we transition to this last and final test that we're going to be uh, having to deal with. We need to know what it is first, though. He says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you. So you're able to do all the above, whether you are convinced of it or not. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, these, these five or six verses that I just went on with Paul, 
That was the anointing on Paul now that was allowing Paul to be able to teach and write inspired messages and letters to all these churches for their good. You know, he said, teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. And so that's kind of where we're transitioning from right there as we move toward uh, verse 28. And he says, now this, this last and final test that proves that we know God, amen, is talking about continuing abiding in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And so we're getting ready now to go to these last two verses, verse 28 and 29 of King James Bible. Now 28 says this, and now little children, okay, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, amen, and not be ashamed before him at his coming, okay? So the test here is now, you know, do we continue in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior? What's the purpose for continuing? That we may have confidence and not be ashamed at Jesus Christ's return. Now, I, 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 could, I could probably be justified by saying a lot of people are going to be surprised, but I'm not the judge. I'm trying to work out my own salvation, fear, and tremendous to them myself that I can be saved. So I got enough work to consume me. I can't really be overly concerned about nobody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what they're not doing. I, my job is to teach them how to do what God said they can do. That's my job. And so I want to be consumed with that. You know, learn them how to people. And I don't know how to unless God show me how to. And so nobody else is going to know how to unless the ones that God has shown how to teach the ones who don't know how to. I have a lot of people out there teaching them. I don't know what they're teaching. You know, but I do know that he taught us this right here, little children, you know. And so let's break this down. Now, the eight, the eight part of this is that abide in him. That's eight, you know, that when he shall appear, we shall have confidence. Okay, so that's talking about staying near to God drawing near to God, keeping close to God, keeping that relationship vibrant and alive, talking with him on a regular basis. You know, not just when you're in a crisis and you're under rubble or something, you know, all, as we say, all hell is breaking loose. You know, all hope is back on. No, just make it a routine thing every day to rehearse the word, you know, you know, to work on your relationship. I tell people I'm in full dress rehearsal all the time. Get it better. I think I got it ever. And so we're talking about the nearness of God. He wants to draw near to you. And he wants you to draw near to him. And that way the devil will flee from you by the fourth season. Do the James that do that all the time. Continue therein. Any man and woman that looks in the perfect law of liberty, the first chapter of the book of James, chapter 25 and 27 through 27, any man looking in the perfect law of liberty can continue therein should have success. Not only success, but good success. So it's a benefit for drawing near to God and resisting the devil watching the devil flee from you. I don't want him to come near me. I want him to flee from you. When he comes in like a plug, God raised up a stand again. No weapon that he formed against us will prosper. That's why we're staying near to God. You know, abiding in Christ Jesus is what that means. Abiding in Christ Jesus is actually talking about being near to God and let God be near to you. Remember the Holy Ghost, the promise of God, the Spirit of truth walks alongside of us, the paraclete ghost. He's there for a reason. He wants to be in us, you know, with us, you know, abide with us, just like he wanted to abide with him. He wants this perfect union and relationship, you know, for us to keep him near and dear to our heart. Know that he's always there, as the Bible says, omnipresent. 
all powerful, all knowing, all loving. Never leave us up a second with us to the end of the world. This is fresh revelation this morning. As I often hear pastor people say, a reminder. A lot of folks sometimes need to be reminded, but there's a lot of folks out there, man, don't know what they need to be reminded of because they ain't been taught. And so they got to be taught and then reminded. And some people sometimes are reminded but not teaching, you know. And that's why the word of God is given to us so that we can teach people so that when the storm comes, now, bam, they can be reminded because the Holy Ghost is a better reminder than we are. And so this is why we want every believer to be baptized. In. So let's look at the B part of this, this scripture now. It says, and not be ashamed before him, you know, at his coming. Amen. And so when we look at the nearness or abiding in Christ Jesus, as H just told us, it says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. That's in the book of John. I know every one of us know the scriptures that we love to go to the book of John chapter 15. You know, wonderful passage of scriptures there. You know, and verse 4 says in the King James Bible, that's what we just read. You know, except ye abide in me. Okay, so draw near to him. You know, but stay near to him. Don't separate from him. Don't go back out from him. Don't fall away from him. You know, stay, draw near. Anytime stuff comes, if you practice it every day, rehearse it every day, you'll never be out of the presence of God. Because he's omnipresent, you know. Omnipresent, you know. And and, and and there's so many wonderful, pleasurable things that happen in the presence of God. Yeah, life at his right hand forevermore. Yours for the take, yours for the receive. you know. But he said, you got to abide in me, stay near to me, stay close to me, draw even closer now in these troubled, evil days. And I, in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, can't. Got to have that relationship and connection. That's where the source of my energy, source of my my my, new, my spiritual nutrition comes through that. The Bible said it's like medicine that flows from, from the healer to the, to the one that needs healing. That's us. We need a lot of healing. That's why the Lord said, I got to forgive your sins and heal your land. Sins is, is the sickness. You know, God healing us is the solution. But you got to say, you got to accept your body in me, divine, that, you know, no no more can ye accept your body in me. You can't have, you can't have no no spiritual nutrition flow. You, know, you can't have that, you know, that resource flowing that comes from God, you know, that, that medicine coming from our, our, our chief physician to heal our wounds, to heal our disease, to heal our affliction. You know, nothing going on on this earth, man, that heaven can't solve. No sickness, no problem. So that's in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 40, King James Bible. So let's go a little further. Verse 5 says this. It adds to it. It builds on it. It says, I am divine. You know, we know the Lord got a lot of I am that he said before when Moses was saying, who do I tell Pharaoh and them sent me? And he said, Moses, I am that I am. And there's like several I am in the book of John, the Gospel of John, that talks about, spells out under the new covenant, who is the I am? I'm the light of the world. I'm the living water, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I am, I am, I am. He goes straight down the list of the I am, and they're all there for our learning. In verse 5, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches, you know. And we just accept what he says about the situation, what the scripture says. Stay in our place. 
we are the branches, meaning that we have we're in the position to receive from the vine what we need. But we got to stay connected. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. But without me, ye can do nothing. See, when you stay connected to the vine as a branch, whatever flows through him comes into us and flows out of us and provides fruit, you know, for, 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 for anyone out there. That fruit is for the feeding of the, of the, of the multitude. Not for us to walk around and talk about how much food out there. No, there's hungry people that the Lord told Peter to feed. He's telling us to feed. What am I going to feed them? Feed them what flows through you from God. You know, we talked about that yesterday. That's the part of stewardship. So many times we're so tempted because we feel like people are not getting us. You know, you're not there to feed them to get you. Is there to feed them to get what God said he was going to do? That's right. And without that knowledge, they won't know. That's why people perish. You know, we got the vine, we got the branches. But do we have the character to say what he gave us to say, to do what he told us to do, and to do it his way so he not can add the fruit, he can add the people who hear it? Why? Some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. He has a divine order. He has a way of distribution, how he wants people to receive it, you know. And and the only time that get interrupted, Pastor Sharon, is the Bible calls, you know, doing things decent in order and somebody get out of the order of God. You know, those misconceptions of man began to creep in and they want to add a little bit of this and spice it up with a little bit of that to make it sound, you know, better. It don't sound any better than the truth. Nothing sounds better than the truth but the truth. You, you don't need to add nothing to the truth. You know, because that's what God wants you to do. He wants people to know the truth. And let the truth make us free. And so we see there in verse 5, amen, of the book of John, chapter 15, King James Bible. What he's saying, therefore, without me, you can do nothing. That is so true. Verse 6, now, in the same chapter, he says, if a man abide not in me, uh-uh, he is cast forth as a branch. Okay, goes back to that branch. And and is with us. So up up there he says ye are branches. Down here he says you're gonna be a branch that with us if you abide not in me. Telling you the faith and the destiny of the branch if it does not abide in him. I don't want to be one of those branches. I don't want to fall to that. And men gather them up. Men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. A lot of people right now, man, have been burned in church. Yeah, because they're gathered there by men. They're not gathered there by God. They're not directed there by God. They're gathered there by men. Men gather up a lot of people. They come up with a lot of cunning, crafty things to get people together together, man, to hear what they got to say in the 15 prophets or whoever they bring in to do that revival of that conference. And people flock. They gather together, man. And then they end up all their money spent. You know, and now they go out there, man, and, and they get burned by society. They get burned because they're foreclosing on stuff. They get burned because your money is short. They get burned because they lost their job and, and you know, and, and, and didn't pay the bills and, and, and you know, didn't do the right thing. They didn't do it God's way. So now they're burned. You know, that, that aftershock, you know, ridiculous price people pay sometimes. You got to fly all the way five states over, you know. Flights are very expensive, or you're going to rent a car.
car that's expensive and gas prices are going up to get where? To get to a conference that's about 3,000 miles away because you go every year. Now your friends want to get together and do a group and charter a bus and they want to have t-shirts made and all this paraphernalia and that they're followers or whoever. You know, fruit and that stuff. Might well pile it all up and burn it. It has no value. And this is what the Lord is saying. We do all these things. We substitute. Instead of just abiding in him as a branch so that he can feed you. You don't have to go 3,000 miles to be fed. He's feeding people this morning right now that's probably three, 4,000 miles away from us. See, that's the uniqueness of God. That's the ownership of God. He owns everything. You know, God provides venues and avenues and abilities for us to be able to get his message out. And I ain't preaching the method. I'm preaching the message. And so many times people talk about what they're doing and like they helping God and, you know, what God is doing. Amen. To God be the glory for the things he has done. But the method is message. That's God's way of doing things. The message is what I'm responsible for, the, the integrity of the message we talked about yesterday, being a steward to God and leading, you know, as a steward to God and and so on. Got to go through God and get his approval. Remember, God said, that's my beloved son because he's fulfilled everything I told him to do. John, baptize him. John said, I'm not even worthy to have the, the latches on your sound. He said, but I got to fulfill all the scriptures, John. That man is required to fulfill. I got to fulfill this law. They failed. I, I got to fulfill it so we can move on to grace now. And so the method is not the message. Everybody going to get saved, man, for me spending five, ten minutes telling them about the method. No, the message. You know, the integrity of the scripture. That's what's going to save people. The intellect of the spirit. You know, and so he goes on to say right here, man, uh, you know, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. You know, you hear people sometimes inviting folks to, to different venues, man, and they selling. The selling point is they're always talking about who's going to be there. You know, who the list of speakers are. And people be asking them dumb questions. But well, who y'all got coming in this year? Can we selling we selling all the fanfare. We selling all the method. We selling we selling the name brand of the people. You know. But you know that that's one of my favorites. I follow them on, on, on Word Network and all that crazy stuff. You don't know what you might be up against when you step up in that arena. Some gunner may be sitting over there, man, and come in there, man, and do crazy stuff. And scare everybody scattered. That's a word of warning. So let's go a little further here down to verse 7 as we prepare to close here. It says um, of this same chapter, John, the book of John, chapter 15, verse 17, the Bible says, now if you abide in me, there's a lot of emphasis placed on abiding in God right here. And my word abide in you, uh-oh, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. <clears throat> ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. But first, I got to build myself up in the word of God. It's got to be my foundation. It's got to be what's hidden in my heart, you know. And now he says, I can ask. Sometimes people ask before they know what they can ask. 
the limit of what they can ask. You know, what he said and what he promised is what we should always want. But that's not what we always ask for. We put the want before the need. Mm, interesting. There it is. It's right there. You know, it goes on in verse 10 of that same chapter, book of John, chapter 15, verse 10 to King James Bible. He says this, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Uh-oh, love is coming back up here again. Even as I have kept my father's commandment. I'm not telling you to do something that I didn't do. I'm not doing Jesus said. He continued to do it today. And abide in his love. I love how Jesus puts this relationship between him and his father out there for us to see an example. When so many times, like I said yesterday, we're looking for the men with the titles and we want to role model them. We're not looking for the men in the Bible who were first recipients of God's love and how they got things right that was wrong and came in divine order so that they could demonstrate and prove that they knew God now that they had had any kind of experience with them. He changed their life. He did it through love. He picked them. He chose them. They're like he said, I choose you. You don't choose me. I choose to love you before you ever knew me. What man of love is this that a man will lay his life down for a friend? He called us friends out of love. Died for them. Died for us. Still dying for folks today. You know, and so it's out of love, you know, but, but he said, keep my commandments, you know, and you know what they are, love the Lord your God with all your first two commandments, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, that golden rule, doing others that you had them doing to you, thank God for Carter. And then we go on here in the book of First John, chapter 2, verse 10 of the King James Bible, verse we have dealt with before here in this chapter, he says, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is None occasion of stumbling in him. So praise God, man. Amen. No, no possibility. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither knoweth him. That's in the book of First John chapter 3, verse 6 of King James Bible. Over in the first book of John chapter 5, verse 20 of King James Bible, it says this. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ, that this is the true God and the eternal life. <clears throat> and eternal life. Whosoever transgresses, amen, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ he hath both the Father and the Son. That's in the book of 2 John, chapter 1, verse 9, the King James Bible. Uh, last scripture, back to verse 28. It says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall come, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. That's in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verse 28, the King James Bible, where we started Amen. So we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We pray you this morning, Lord God, for this kickoff this morning on a Monday morning. We thank you for your word as you're teaching us, oh Lord God, the benefit of abiding in you, staying connected to you, Lord God, and letting you nourish us, Lord God, because you are always near to us and we want us to draw near to you. And Lord God, you want us to be able to continue abiding in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Just like the scriptures is monitoring us this morning, there's a benefit and a blessing and a hope and a confidence and an assurance that if we rely on you and abide in you and continue in you, God. So we just give you praise going on this morning. Let us do it out of love, God. Let 
Let us do everything we do out of love for our Father, love for his Son, and love for their spirit, Lord God, the Holy Spirit. And now, God, we can love others as Christ has loved us. This is our prayer this morning. Let us take this word now, Lord God, and put it in our heart, hide it in our heart, that it will always be there, that when the situations and circumstances change, you will always, Lord God, bring back to our remembrance what you said, and you will use it for your glory. Now let us do all things in love, love for the Father, love for humanity, love God for what is good and decent honest and and in, in divine order that pleases you, God. So we thank you now and we praise you now. Anything outside of love, God, is out of order. But Father, love brings order into chaos, Lord God. And so we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for the love of the Father. We thank you, God, that you so love this word as you get on to the God and Son now that so believe it in him. Said, I pray for that everlasting life. This is our prayer, God, that all ears heard this this morning. And they're making adjustments and changes right now. Some are repenting for the first time. Some are returning back. Some, Lord God, are coming to their right manner, returning to their first love. This is our prayer this morning, that we'll abide in you, stay near to you, draw near to you, and you'll draw near to us. Resist the devil and he'll flee. He's fleeing now. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All